Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Hello, everybody. Dr. Stephen Green here, the success doctor, welcoming you back to the Make the Grade podcast number two. Number two, already number two. Appreciate everybody who is supporting this and, and those of you who have given feedback, it's encouraging. Uh, in episode zero, just to recap quickly, I uh, did kind of a quick introduction to the mission statement and the, the goals and the, the, uh, what, what, we really, what I really want this to be. Uh, last one, podcast one, talked about the tutoring aspect of Make the Grade, this being the Make the Grade podcast. Uh, tutoring for math, tutoring for science, academic topics, how that happened, where that happened, when that happened, why that happened, who that happened with, so on. So today, I talk about test prep, SATs, ACTs, PSATs, a major, major uh, thing, thing, <laughs> major, major obstacle in some cases uh, for students who want to get into college. That's what we're going to talk about today, how to prepare for that. A little foreshadowing next time, podcast three, we'll address maximum education, my book, my pride and joy, my magnum opus, uh, as it were, on uh, all things of how to be a good student. That's next week, next time. So let's talk about this. Uh, if you want to go to college, presumably in the United States at least, one of the great rites of passage is having to take standardized college admissions exams, which would be either the SAT or the ACT. Uh, pretty much everybody who's gone to college has gone through this experience of taking them and by extension having to prepare for them. Uh, there is a third test called the PSAT and P does not stand for practice. So trivia, P actually stands for preliminary uh, it is also, just as an aside, used to determine if one qualifies for the National Merit Scholarship uh, levels. So that is only given once a year in October. But here's the good news. The prep is the same. Pretty much the same way I would prepare a student for the PSAT. It's the same as the SAT and very similar to the ACT. So what I want to talk about here is, is my suggestions, my advice, my counsel or if you're a parent considering test prep for your child, or you're a student thinking about it, or you've got it coming up, what you should be thinking about, maybe what questions you should be asking, uh, and, and how you want to approach this. There, there is no shortage uh, of, of uh, test prep companies, test prep experts, and some are very good. Uh, it's a crowded space, as they say. It's a competitive space, and uh, I'm just trying to find my way in there. But I have 20-plus years of experience with this. To toot my own horn a tiny bit. I've had several students get perfect scores. Um, it's the student and the teacher. It's never, it's never just one. So I want to talk about this. Uh, a, very common question. Let's just start off with it. How do I know as a parent which test, SAT or ACT, is better for my child? One of the more common questions I get asked, in fact, I was asked it today, uh, by a parent. It's a tough question to answer because the tests are not the same, although they are similar. There are diagnostics that could certainly be administered, uh, ranging from an hour 
uh, all the way up to a full battery, we would actually take both tests, which is eight hours of effort. Um, I believe you can get a pretty good handle on this in, in about a three-hour diagnostic. Um, but, but I think in the end, the only way to really know is to actually take both tests and, and see where that puts you. Take both tests and then see. Now, that's, that's a commitment. These tests are four-plus hours each. Um, but I think if you're going to slice it up, they both, so everybody knows, they both have an English section. It's essentially a grammar test. They both have a math section, or one in the ACT, two in the SAT, but similar number of questions. Uh, some of the math questions in the SAT, you can't use a calculator. All the ones in the ACT, you can. They both have reading, those really, 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 really exciting <laughs> Uh, reading passages, some of you may remember who've been through this. The wild card is that the ACT has a science section, the SAT does not. And um, some people consider that problematic, some like it. Uh, this is a couple things that are just factual. The ACT is, I believe, presented in a clearer way. The questions are less confusing. I've, I, I agree with some people's analysis that they're more school-like in how they're presented, more typical of how a student might see them in a test in school. Here's the trade-off. You must work significantly more quickly. The time per question, TPQ, as we say in the, uh, in the, in the tutoring game, uh, is significantly lower in the ACT. Average SAT about a minute 12, 72 seconds. Average in the ACT more like 40, 42. It doesn't sound like that much, but over time, the aggregate of it really adds up, and it can make a huge difference. And it's tough under the pressure of a test, especially at the end of a section, to work to your potential when you have to rush. So I don't think I've conclusively answered this question. One of the things I'm going to do in a future podcast is have a panel discussion uh, of, of, in some cases, uh, competitors of mine, actually, but test prep experts and get their opinion on this. I'm going to bring parents in on this as well. And students who've done both tests, uh, parents haven't, but the parents of students who've done both tests and students. But ultimately, my opinion, the only way to really know is to do both tests, whether it's a complete diagnostic or just a partial diagnostic. That, that's what it is. Don't do it because your neighbor said to or you know, he read it some forum or something. It's just not a good reason. So how do you prep? How does the prep go? Number one, number one, there are macro topics. There are macro things that get addressed. Number two, there are micro things that get addressed. Everything starts with an assessment, always an assessment. We must know where you are. If you've taken a prior exam, that's obviously a benchmark. Uh, but we got to know what the strengths in the student are, what the weaknesses of the student are, and how they want to address them. We need a launching point. That in turn sets up a syllabus. In most cases, I meet with students once a week. As an aside, and I mentioned this last episode, I have an office. We meet face-to-face -face in the office. I have a classroom. We can meet in the classroom. Uh, a growing percentage of my students meet online. The technology is, is so is excellent at this point. Audio, video, whiteboard, uh, able to share files. It, it's, it's very good. It's, it's good. It's definitely not an impediment to learning for sure. Um, 
And, 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 and that's where we go. So let's talk about the macros. These are the big ideas. Number one, number one, test-taking strategies. Test-taking strategies. There are many, but everything in both tests, really all three if you count the PSAT, everything has a strategy. It's a strategy for math, strategy for reading, strategy for English, strategy for science, strategy for the essay, which I don't talk about that much, but there is. Everything has a strategy. In fact, most things, I would even say all to some degree, have multiple strategies. One of the big things that we teach are these strategies, not just teaching them, but making sure students master them and can use them in real time. Number two, pacing. As I mentioned, it's a timed exams. It is detrimental to run out of time on the test because you can't go back and rework a section once you've finished it. So one of the things that gets taught are pacing drills. Okay. So number one, strategies. Number two, pacing drills. Number three, I call logistics. Logistics, in my definition, is, is pretty much anything that doesn't apply to actually answering a question. It sounds sort of dumb at first, but uh, how many sections there are? How many questions in each section? Uh, can you use a pencil? <laughs> Number two, pencil you must have. You can't use a mechanical clicky pencil. Sometimes things like how do you sign up for the test? Some people are unaware of how to do that, uh, especially because the school typically signs up for the PSAT, but they won't for the SAT or ACT. So anything that does not actually help you answer a question, I call logistics. Number four, biggie, practice. Practice, practice, practice. Again, practice some more. And we're talking practice. But practice isn't just volume. Practice is targeted. Practice uses the strategies we've learned. Practice addresses the areas of weakness. Practice works on pacing. Practice applies the skills we've learned and, and attacks the things that are weak in order to improve. The last macro, fifth one, is reassessment. Now, remember, the area started, everything began here with the assessment. So we get the assessment, teach the strategies, teach the pacing, teach the logistics, teach everything, practice it, reassess, make sure the ship's pointed in the right direction, and continue to move forward. Sounds a little bit simple, maybe. Minute to minute, it isn't. Uh, but, but this is the big idea. It, I can't overemphasize the importance, regardless of where you do test prep, of, of having a good plan going in and having a target. Micro stuff, micro stuff, little details, is really the problem by problem. And this is where the strategies really become a, the major, a major piece. Uh, and, and typically, here's what happens. I'll meet with a student, let's say, for an hour, sometimes two, usually an hour, and we will have a topic. So today we're going to work on math. We're going to work on reading. While we're working on math, we're going to focus on the strategies. There's that word again. Uh, we're going to practice our pacing. There's that word again. But th it's all about hands-on. One of my mantras, one of the make the grade mantras is, ready, practice like you're going to test. As you plan to test, whatever date the test is in the fall, in the spring, in the summer, that's how you want to practice. So when you go in to take the test, it's, it's just executing something you're already very, very comfortable with. You want to have a strategy, practice the strategy, have success with the strategy, and then continue to do that again and again and again. So when you go to take the test, it's just a matter of staying within your pacing, 
and executing up to your ability. We then reassess. There's that word again. So hopefully you're starting to see a pattern here. Figure out where you're at. Add on strategy. Add on practice. Add on pacing. Add on logistics. Retest. Tweak. Keep moving forward. That's how it works. I will emphasize this. In my caseload, uh, which has been thousands, uh, close to 10,000 students, the ones who've had the most success, and that doesn't necessarily mean the highest scores, uh, but the ones who've had the most success, the greatest score improvements, the gains, such and such, are the ones who are the most consistent. Consistency is huge. Uh, daily, daily consistency. So that's my, my real lesson here is if you want to improve SATs or ACTs, uh, you, you got to be consistent. Have to be. But the consistency is applying the principles. Let me talk about one more thing. Let me talk about one more thing which is how do you know it's a good score? Uh, is it a good score just because your neighbor's kid got that score? It sounds good. These are all things I've heard. Uh, it's what score I just felt like was good. No, 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 no. A good score should be a score, very simply, that will get you accepted into the college or university that you want to attend. Here's another make the grade-ism. Your target score is dictated by your target school. Or, sort of the corollary to it, your target school should determine your target score. And here's a little quiz for you. What's the only way to improve an SAT score or an ACT score? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know what the answer is? You gotta get more questions right. That's it, you gotta get more problems right. You gotta get more correct. Everything's worth a point. There's no longer a guessing penalty or an incorrect answer penalty on either of these tests. There used to be. Got rid of it the last major change in the SAT and it never existed anyway in the ACT. So it's all about accumulating points. So typically here's how the conversation goes. Hello student. Hi. <laughs> uh, what kind of SAT score or PSA tours do you have already? Well I have X. Where would you like to go to college? University of ABC. Great school. Congratulations. Do you know what kind of SAT or ACT score they might require for admissions there, along with your grades and all the other things that you're going to need? Yes, they need Y. Great. Our goal then is to figure out how to get you enough more correct answers, enough additional correct answers to go from score X to score Y within the time you have to take the test and within the time we have to prep for the test. A uh, common question I get, how long do you have to prep? Difficult to answer because it varies so much with students' ability, their goals, uh, their, their, their just availability. Some kids are so busy they don't have time between school and sports and clubs and dancing and gymnastics and work and everything. It's just tough. But I would say the typical make the grade student is on an 8 to 12-week protocol. Some are definitely longer, some are definitely shorter. And that eight to 12 weeks would be meeting once a week, typically for an hour, with them doing the daily practice in between. In the older days, individual one-on-one -on -one tutoring was, was, wasn't expensive per se, but it was more expensive typically than a class. So often, uh, the choice, if the choice was between a course or one-on-one, -on -one, often the, uh, and money was the biggest obstacle, 
the course often became the decision for economics, that's really evened out. Uh, a lot of, at least my programming, uh, is very, very competitive that way. So don't write off one-on-one, -on -one, especially if you believe it's the way to go for your own child. Okay. Um, I think we're going to bring this around. I, I don't like to talk just for the sake of talking, although I have been accused of that, I guess. So let, let's, let me just summarize this and, and kind of put a few things in place. Make the grade. We do academic tutoring for math and science. We do a lot of prep for the SAT and the ACT, which was the focus of today's podcast. Next week, uh, which will probably be podcast three, we will be addressing the third component, which is maximum education based on my book, my uh, famous book, Maximum Education, Time, Information Management, and a Daily Action Plan. We'll be getting into that next week, our next, next uh, podcast in any case. So I appreciate everybody's support. I welcome feedback through the webpage, makethegrade.net, M-A-K-E-T-H-E-G-R-A-D-E.net, through the Facebook page. If you search Make the Grade on Facebook, please join the community. Please put feedback. Please let me know what you'd be interested in learning about. And uh, just through whatever means. Uh, and I appreciate it. So with that said, thank you very much for listening. Please uh, share it. Please give this to anybody you think it will help. And I will talk to you next time. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.